What is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are asking the biggest question in life, is man indeed a walrus at heart? We are covering Kevin Smith's 2014 horror film, Tusk. Good evening. It's nice to meet you. Could I interest you in some tea? So what happened after the boat sank? I was alone. And then something very swift and frightening moved by me. A walrus saves your life? The walrus is far more evolved than any man I've ever known. Present company included. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you? Would you? There, there. It'll be all right, Mr. Tusk. A brash and arrogant podcaster gets more than he bargained for when he travels to Canada to interview a mysterious recluse who has a rather disturbing fondness for walruses. As per usual on our podcast, spoilers are ahead for Tusk. And I just want to start this conversation off. Ben, you just watched it. I watched it 24 hours ago. What the fuck, man? (laughs) I have no other questions. I feel like a large chunk of this podcast is going to be spent just just literally answering that. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best way to sum it up. Um, I mean, you know, to jump ahead to our ratings here, there were definitely moments where I was like, is this an A24 or is this an F24? Like, I can't, <laughs> yes, I really exactly. can't tell what's happening here. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that movie was just like, it was a lot, man. Uh, I mean, some great performances without a doubt. Uh, you know, I think Justin Long did a wonderful job at, mm-hmm. as did Michael Parks. Um, so yeah, we got some, some great stuff, but holy shit. It was just so, <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. I, I just don't, I don't even like, know. like for the last 24 hours, I've been like, okay, how are we going to start the pod? Like, how are we going to kick off this conversation? What is the thing that we are going to talk about? Cause I just feel like there's so much to tackle. I texted you last night and I was like, I don't know what my life is right now. I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't know what to think. Um, and that's pretty much how I still feel. So I, I, I can't tell yet if that's good or bad that it has stuck with me for like a consistent 24 hours. Um, I can probably pretty, uh, pretty well say this is the most disturbed I've ever been while I've watched a movie. Mm. Um, and, and I'm curious, we'll, we'll get into that. I do have one question for you before we, before we kind of tackle some general things and then get into our true cinema. Yeah. Um, do you think, that man is indeed a walrus at heart. How do you answer that question as Ben Lawhorn? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I guess <laughs> we're all a primal, you know, to some extent as we saw kind of in that ending. Um, yeah, I guess we are, we're all, you know, animals at heart to say the right. least. So yeah, man, that was, I, I loved, I loved that whole, that whole dinner scene when he first asked that question. Like it oh was, man, it was so good. I think the thing for me, that I just find so interesting. And, and before I watched Tusk, and this was your first time as well, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay, yep. so be- before I watched Tusk, I knew very little about it. And what I did know was that people either loved it or hated it. Like, it was very divisive of, like, mm-hmm. the, you, you swing one way or the other, you do not feel in the middle about this movie. And I think the more that I, I, I sit with it, the more I realize... A walrus is just a really fucking weird animal. Like, that's the thing about this movie 
it could have been any animal. If it was a bear, then we're talking about more like, okay, that's not so bad. Like, I get mm-hmm. it. Bears, big, grizzly, like, we, uh, he dresses up in a bear suit for Midsommar. I get that. Yeah. But we're talking about a walrus, a, just a, a really off-the-wall, left-field animal where I think that is what makes this as weird as it is. Because, like, I just don't, you just, walruses just don't come up in everyday conversation. I don't know about you. Or do you and your coworkers, you guys talk about walruses very often or not? We do have Walrus Wednesday, but I think that's kind of a rare thing that we do at my that's company. Fair. But um, yeah, no, it's like it is. It's super weird because like it's the kind of animal where we don't have the same like features. You know what I mean? Like you can't really you, there's no right. legs and no hands. So, yeah, you talk about if you're a bear, if you're obviously like a monkey, if you're anything like that. It's like, oh, yeah, you can kind of like replicate what you're doing here. But this, you know, it's just like, yeah, you have like fins and a tail and <laughs> just two big really kind of prohibitive tusks yeah. you know, in the front of your mouth. And it's just like, well, how do you function with that? Like that's always just been so weird. So yeah, it was like, it's the perfect animal for this. It, it kind of is. It kind of is. Um, okay. So based on true events, it says it's based on true events in the beginning. Yes. I was like, yeah. I was like, hold on. You we got to stop because I, I, I want to know if this is real. So apparently it is actually based on a fake ad that was written by Chris Parkinson in Brighton, England, that uh, very similar to this stated that basically come over to the house, you get free rent and free stay. But as the tenant, you must sometimes wear a walrus suit and mm-hmm. act like a walrus. And of course, th- this was a fake ad. Kevin Smith found this online and decided to write a script based on this because he thought it was so funny. Yeah. I-, I would I would reckon that this fake ad is not a walrus suit made of human skin. I would assume it's like just... You can just buy it off Amazon. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think it's like definitely what it was. We talked about that on my other pod and I, I pulled up the podcast clip from Smodcast where they oh, okay. talk about this for the first time. And I think it's his co-host is reading the ad to him and Kevin Smith is just like, wait, hold on. What? You know, this is <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, you can live here for like a discounted rate, but like every once in a while you have to wear the suit and you have to, you know, make the noises of a walrus. Like you can't be human, whatever. And on the podcast, he's like, okay, right now I'm putting it in writing. Like I get dibs on this. Like I want to make this into a movie. Like this could be the most fucked up horror movie ever. It's like, I want to make this movie. And it's like, it's really cool to hear him like in the moment. just like, this is insane. Like someone actually did this. Like, I don't think they knew at the time that it was a fake ad or whatever, but it was just like really cool to hear. Like you just hear the wheels turning in his head. It's like, okay. I want the rights to this. Like I need this, like I need to make this. And so it's cool to see it come to fruition from this like joke ad on a podcast to now this movie. Would, would you do it? Would, if if you found yourself in the predicament where you're like, you're just going to the bathroom and you're like, Oh, that ad seems intriguing. Would you call this guy and be like, yeah, I'd wear a walrus suit sometimes for discounted rent. There's like a lot that would have to go into it. You know what I mean? You have to find yourself <laughs> like, in a really interesting if I'm situation. Two hours north of Manitoba, then no. Like I don't <laughs> imagine rent could be that much anyway. But if like you're giving me like a penthouse in New York and you yeah. know for five hundred bucks a month, but like you know once a week I got to wear a walrus suit. I'm like I don't know, man. Maybe you know it might be worth I consider it. So. it. Yeah, yeah, I, I consider the pros it. And cons here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we gotta flesh out the whole situation here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my last question before we do true cinema, before we start talking about the bits of this movie, there was a point where I was walk, I was watching this movie, and obviously it is it is kind of marketed as a horror film. It it is definitely horrific in many ways. Yeah. Um, 
there was a point, and and we we will talk about it. It is the introduction of Guy Lapointe, I believe, or mm-hmm. Lapointe, or however however you say his name, mm-hmm. and. Everything from that moment on, I realized that I had been duped. I realized this is, at least in my books, and I'm curious to get your take, it is, it is not a horror movie. It is a black comedy. This mm. is a funny movie. This is not designed to be a true thriller horror. It is designed to be something that is uncomfortably very, very funny. Obviously, as Kevin Smith like found the app yeah. quite funny. Did you have a moment like that, or do you consider this like a full-blown horror movie? No, I think, you know, it's hard outside of Red State to take anything Kevin Smith does not as a comedy. So I think I kind of went into it expecting it. And they, you know, they play the podcasters, especially Justin Long's roles. Like, he's an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, he's oh, yeah. kind of a dick. And we established that. So I, I guess I, at that point, I was like, I don't know this is like pure horror. But the the comedy ramped up. There was a tonal shift once Johnny Depp came on the screen. Once we got that character, because it's kind of like a, you know, Clouseau, Pink Panther detective, like it's a very like satirical, whatever, you know, it's like, okay, this is over the top, obviously on purpose, but, um, it felt, it it feels like that's the moment that if we don't meet him or it's played differently, this could be played as a straight horror movie, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure. But I think it definitely at that point, it's like, okay, we're definitely going more the comedy route here. Which is fine, you know, but it's just like that. There was a definite shift the moment we meet that character. I got big vibes of like Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder, where it was like, damn, he's he is committed to this role and he is monologuing for like eight or nine or ten minutes here. And we're just like getting his story. And when we got the flashback of the story, when when he had already been monologuing for minutes and then he's like, do you want to hear a story? And then we actually see the story. That's when I was like, okay, this this movie is very self-aware. Like this movie Mm -hmm. knows what it is doing and how fucked up everything really is. So it's trying to cut that with, with that horror. Um, but then again, you get, you get a massive tonal shift in like the last 10 minutes of the movie yeah. that make me believe like this movie is really, really a horror. Uh, so I, I don't really know. I'm kind of caught in the middle. Yeah. Um, do you want to go through true cinema? We'll just start rolling, rolling through this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna, yeah. Okay. Uh, the first thing I have on the list is obviously we, we meet, uh, Justin Long and, and uh, uh, Haley Joel Osment as the podcast hosts, which I do think is worth noting because very quickly you can see, like you said, Justin Long is just an asshole and he does that really well. And he also does that really well in Barbarian. I don't know if you've seen Barbarian yet. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I won't spoil anything, but I will say Justin Long in horror, he's pretty good at being a complete shitbag. Nice. So I, I like to see it in this movie. But the first real thing I have on the list here is when he goes and he jokes with the uh, customs in Canada and this guy is kind of like giving him a, a rat at tat a little bit and saying like he's hung like a moose and then like Canadians are never blue because you look at the maple leaf and you see beyond it to the white and the red and never blue. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a really funny part for some reason. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought I, I liked it quite a bit um i will say though like as that scene wrapped up i was like i'd be so pissed if i was in line at customs and it's just like <laughs> watching this guy talk to the customs officer for like five minutes like dude come on let's, let's, let's go. go dude like get, <laughs> wrap this up yeah totally well you know classic shitbag move right there so mm. no no surprise um <laughs> next on the list the conversation with howard so we we kind of we get to howard's house i think a lot of the build-up in the first 30 minutes is um, maybe not worth noting on this particular list for a true mm-hmm. cinema moment, but it is obviously important in how he gets there and the trail he kind of leaves and things like that. Um, 
he has a conversation with Howard and Howard is obviously from a different generation is the kind of like the, the landlord of this situation here. Yeah. He, he, he pulls out one kind of line and he, you know, he says, what's a podcaster. Um, when, when Justin Long character says he does podcasts and I, mm-hmm. this combined with bodies, 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 I feel like a 24 in the podcast realm. They're just, they're just aware. They're aware that podcasters are out there and I feel seen and I feel good about it. Oh, for sure. And that, I mean, that wasn't even the only connection. Like that kid cutting his leg off definitely gave me the Pete Davidson vibes and by his body as well. Time. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of connections there. And yeah, I think, you know, as we are literal proof of, podcasts are just like everywhere. <laughs> so totally makes sense. That's true. I feel like our, our next iteration of this podcast, we got to team up with A24. They got to send us places. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully nothing yeah. like this will happen. But, you know, we got to travel. We got to get places. We got to be. I'll put on the pop- walrus suit. I'll there you it. go. Put it on, and then we're and then we're doing it. Um, I wanted to call it another scene. Is this three weeks in a row where we have a hand job of some sort in our movie? <laughs> he basically he rubs one out on the walrus cock, like not his own, but like he pretends to do it on the cock, and then like does. splashes himself in the face, which was really funny. Justin Long plays that very very well. And, and like the kind of like repertoire that Howard's character has where Mm -hmm. he's like, you know, yeah, everybody's pretty stupid, like present company included. And Justin Long is just like, oh, thank you. Like hilarious. But this, I feel like this counts or at least halfway counts to something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that and yeah, between the other scene too, and he's with his girlfriend and starts taking care of it himself too. I think combined those two. Yeah. We're like three for three, right? For sure. Yeah, that makes a hole. Okay, so three for three. <laughs> we got to figure out the movie for next week, and we got to keep the, keep the train rolling here. We are on some good luck. Um, next one, he faints after he drinks the tea. We get a really intense smash cut to him waking up to like receiving a blowjob from his girlfriend, and then having a really kind of meaningful moment with her about how he is a changed person, how he doesn't mm-hmm. feel emotion, he's not sappy anymore, he's kind of an asshole, and that's what she tells him. Um this is kind of really our first clue in to like, he like deep, deep down, maybe he deserves this. Like maybe he kind of deserves what happens to him because he is such a terrible person. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely uh, taking away a lot of the sympathy that we might have with him otherwise, because, you know, he can be an asshole or whatever, but um, you know, still sympathize with the character, which we kind of do, but they just spell it out here with like, he admits like, Oh, I'm different now though. But like, this is successful Wallace, you know, like I, whatever, you know, I have money, I have all that kind of stuff. So he's like putting on a show for popularity, for fame. And yeah, it's a, it's a really cool scene, I guess really kind of establishes just the kind of person he is. He says he makes over a hundred grand in ad revenue alone in the last year. Where's our check? Man? We're on our what way. Are we doing? We're on our way. <laughs> We're getting there. Sooner or later, we will get there. Um, next on the list. Reveal of him missing a left leg. This is kind of the first big reveal that we get. Like things are really headed quite south. He's in a wheelchair. He ends up missing his left leg. He's slurring his words. He's definitely like doped up on some stuff. And this is kind of where we see, at, at least I thought, Howard is, go- I mean, we know he's nuts, but like, he is gonzo. He's in another fucking universe because he's just, he's laughing mm-hmm. at everything that is going on in like the most sick and twisted way possible. And when he, when Wallace 
says like, oh, I need a phone. I got to call somebody. He laughs and he's like, there, nah, no phones yeah. in the house. The doctor's making his rounds. He took all the phones out of the house. And I'm like, this guy is the fucking devil. Yeah. it's And like, honestly, like his story kind of mixes up too. Cause at first like, oh, the doctor stepped on it, you know? And then it's like, oh, he took yeah. all the phones out or whatever. So uh, that, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, yeah, we definitely see, you know, his story about the brown recluse, which also comes back later on at the end of the movie, uh, just to hear him like always, you know, that's kind of his go-to basically. Um, so at, at first, I think you you obviously know what's going on, but as the Justin Long character, it's like, oh, maybe that is believable for a bit. Like, I guess, you know, yeah. maybe I passed out. So thankfully this guy saved my life. But then, yeah, at some point, like, wait, why? Hold on. <laughs> like, I have a lot of other questions now. And it makes me wonder, too, we find out later in the movie, this is his 24th victim. Yeah. He has done this to 23 other people. I'm sure that he did not start out with this kind of, like, lackadaisical nature in how he treats this situation. I'm sure it used to be a lot more buttoned up, a lot more a lot more tight in, like, how he had his stories aligned. And maybe just, like, over time, doing this to people and watching them die and trying to relive this memory of his friendship with walrus like maybe that just deteriorated his mind to where like he doesn't really understand what's going on i don't know it's crazy i think yeah by the time you're on your 24th person you've probably also really <laughs> like separated any sort of feeling of like sympathy or you know like sorrow for what you're doing at this point you're just like it's old to have like oh i can do this, this is no problem so yeah, well, he just disassociates. That's ooh, crazy yeah. stuff. I still, that scene is is pretty intense. Oh, for sure. Um, How's a uh, backstory while performing surgery? He says he was essentially used as a child and raped and molested and passed around houses and absolutely atrocious things. And then we get this big zoom out to him sewing Justin Long's arms to his body yeah like this is the first rendition and he has all of these like anatomical like diagrams mm -hmm. of split in half right of like human on one side and walrus on the other side yeah like how you i got combine big them. saw vibes from this Ooh, I was yeah. like, yo that's scary <laughs> yeah for sure it, yeah that was cool to see it obviously this guy has committed his life to this as you can see you know once he finally becomes the walrus and, you know, he's got that water tank and stuff like he is fully committed into like making this uh, a reality. And I thought it was a very well done scene. I mean, that, that monologue was fantastic. Some, a lot of cuts, um, which I thought was kind of an interesting decision to make. Um, but yeah, that was yeah. a cool reveal too. Yeah. I do. I do always find it interesting when we get monologues like that, that are not, you know, really centered on the character themselves. It was more centered on what was going around mm -hmm. um, Howard and like the world that he has, he has built for himself because of what we are hearing him talk about. Um, so yeah, interesting directing choice there. Uh, reveal of the walrus suit. Uh, this is, uh, I just, I'm, I'm nearly speechless. Like even saying it, like I think it is, it was a really smart choice to use like the flash zoom for this and to like get a really, really intense look at like, oh fuck, like he is in a walrus enclosure. Like he, he is a walrus. We see the suit. Um, we get, you know, the the part about how walruses never cry, um, which is is a massive theme in this film and it'll come back at the very end. Um, and then he has to learn to swim, like pretty immediately, pretty quick. And he starts to sink and he sees another walrus suit at the bottom of the pool. 
And that was, again, that was another moment for me where I was like, oh, this movie is super fucked up. Like, I, I did not think we were getting another person dead in a walrus suit at the bottom of the fucking pool. And then it just, like, we just, like, dive deeper. And I was, I was absolutely losing my mind. Yeah, which, I mean, also brought, like, the point, like, maybe he's at least the 25th person, you know, if, like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, shit. only knew about 23 bodies. I mean, maybe, maybe he's one of the 23 It's missing, but it's like, oh, there's another person just in this water right now that we don't know about. That was, like, one of the trippiest scenes for sure, like, seeing that on there. It's like, oh, yeah, holy shit, this is definitely messed up. Um, Yeah, that was him like making him go in the water he's like you gotta learn how to swim and all that kind of stuff like there's just there's so much when you put yourself in justin long she was just like this would be a fucking nightmare so like <laughs> under like there's just no way to process it like and like find out that he ripped out his tongue and stuff like that oh like gosh. oh dude it was just it was so gnarly because initially when he showed up in the suit i was like why like why isn't he just talking like why isn't he just like exactly yeah talking to him and yelling at him and then, right, we find out that he he has lost his tongue and is, like, literally full walrus. And I think that's a, a very pivotal, like, thematic moment in the movie because that's when he, especially when he's swimming, he has to decide, like, am I going to play this game or am I just going to kill myself? Like, am I just going to say that this is the end yeah. for me? Um, and, and what is the better thing to do? Um, I want to I wanna circle back to that question when we get to the end. Um, next on the list, introduction of Guy, which is Johnny Depp's character, which is is not mentioned in the credits and is never uh, mentioned anywhere but IMDb, which is a, a fun little fact. Um, we get his monologue. We get his him sm- smashing the hamburger on the <laughs> table, ordering all that food. Um, and then we get that story, right? So we get this backstory of why, of why he thinks he met Howard at one point and Howard's character having this, um, you know, obviously um, very derivative... Um, accent and the way that he speaks to like mentally challenged people um, is was something I wasn't really ready for and I I did feel a little uncomfortable like I didn't know if I should laugh at things or like how to feel in that moment because that was the moment for me where it kind of clicked and I was like okay this is a this is a comedy this is not a horror anymore like this is a straight comedy and I don't know if that's because it was Johnny Depp I don't know what that might have been, but I'm I'm curious how you felt specifically during that interaction between like Johnny Depp and then that the Howard character. I, I do think it was Depp, but I wanted to ask you about that, like how what you thought about his performance, I guess, his character, because I do think it's I mean, it seems very Kevin Smith ish. You know, again, mm-hmm. like I think this could have been played as a straight horror, um, at which point like how, you know, kind of acting that way would have been even scarier. It's like, oh, he can really just turn this on. And he knew what he was doing. Like he starts, I was like, Oh, you're the person here to help me with the, the Brown recluse. And then, you know, even at the end, he's like, are you sure you don't want to come in and help me with that? And it's like, yeah, that's the best way to keep the people out of your house. Cause they don't want to come in and deal with this. So it's like, they're not going to come in and see what you have going on. And there's just ways that this could have been played as a straight horror. Um, just really like this performance. Like I didn't see the movie, but it made me think of Johnny Depp's movie. Uh, I think it was called Mordecai or something like that. But it's just like, this really over the top detective, like played for goofs. I don't, I don't know that I like loved that character. Um, yeah. I think Johnny Depp made it kind of weird for me. I'm curious what it would have been like if it was someone else. Like if it's like John C. Riley trying to play that, you know, funny. I'm like, oh, like I think I, I receive it differently than it being like you said. I think the Tom Cruise, um, you know, in uh, Tropic Thunder, like that was a really good 
you know, comparison. I think that's kind of accurate, but Cruz, I think pulls it off. I don't know how well Depp did for me, but I'm kind of curious, like what, what were your thoughts on Johnny Depp? Yeah. I mean, I think there were moments where I was like, okay, this is really working for me. Mm -hmm. Like there are multiple moments where he says like, he's just a, you know, uh, I'm just a lowly homicide detective. I'm not authorized to, uh, use any any type of force or handguns on animals yeah. and i was like okay that's that's pretty funny because yeah. it's just a spider like i i get that that is funny but then there were other moments where i was like you're a fucking moron like yeah. can we just can we just figure this out and like and the fact i i think what didn't work for me the most was that we get kind of justin long's character his girlfriend and the, the his co-host go to this guy in hopes that he will save the day that he will figure out who it is and you can pretty quickly tell, like, okay, this this is not good. Like, this is not going to kind of lead them where they go, yeah. even though it actually ends up doing that. Um, so I, I think that's, like, the biggest issue I have. And the way that he does play that character is kind of weird. I was thinking, even if you got someone like a, like a Daniel Craig, like, his character in Knives Out yeah. is funny, but he is an incredibly believable detective. Yeah. And the way that Daniel Craig plays that character might have fit tonally better here because he is inadvertently funny and he is not over the top. Like you can see Johnny Depp like doing weird things with his eyes where I'm just like, what is wrong with your character? Like yeah. what, what is, what is the story here? So yeah, I'm still pretty mixed. I don't really know. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, all right. We've got three more here. Howard Howe singing with the walrus. Swimming with the walrus, which turns out he was swimming butt naked, which was a wild <laughs> yeah, revel yeah. revelation. Um, and then fighting the walrus in his own walrus suit. Obviously, this is all an attempt to rekindle the bond and the friendship that he had with Mr. Tusk, his walrus, mm -hmm. that he found on an island after he was stranded. He ate Mr. Tusk just an hour before he was rescued by a rescue ship and is obviously trying to kind of atone for those sins and, and relive the memories and the moments that he had with Mr. Tusk and hoping to give him, like, another life. Um, but then he is like, listen, you either have to kill me and be a walrus, or I will kill you, and, and you will be dead. That is kind of your two choices. And it, it turns out that Justin Long's got the balls, and he stabs him with his tusks, like, a billion times and kills him. Um, forever sealing his destiny is a walrus. <laughs> yeah. This was a lot to take in. <laughs> it really was, man. This was, it was so much. Um, I, I liked the final battle. I thought that was kind of interesting to see Justin Long, like really commit or his character, I guess, Wallace, like really commit to, you know, turning into the walrus here, the survival of the fittest kind of thing. Um, and how's yeah. relationship with Mr. Tusk and hearing his backstory, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's weird, like, like swimming with him in the water and just like having conversations. And then at some point it's just like, all right, now we're going to fight to the death. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. This is happening right now. So, um, I, th I thought it was a, a, a huge shift, but again, it's a thing that I could have been played, um, you know, like almost like Hannibal Lecter-ish where it's just like very reserved right. or whatever. Um, but the, the depth character just like it, it, again, like it changed the tone of it all, but I'm curious what the true horror version of this movie is. So I think it could just been like, soup. this was like weird, but it could have been like really fucking messed up. I think if it had been played yeah. serious and that's not like what Kevin Smith wanted to do. And I, I respect that. I just, I would have loved to see that. 
I am super curious if it would have worked as a straight horror. Like, does it come together in the very end? And and is it as believable if you don't have someone like that Johnny Depp character? Um, and, you know, I think when this this moment with all of the stuff with the walrus and, and them fighting is really the, the distinction, right? It graves that area that is, what is the difference between man and animal? What is the difference between your innate like animalistic functions yeah. um, and your, your base like quality as a human, does it fall back to that? Um, again, walrus weird choice, but here we are. And you know, maybe man is walrus at heart. Mm. Who, who the fuck knows? Um, we get the big one year later, which is absolutely absurd. It shocked, me, purely shocked me. Did you know this was coming? No, I had no idea. I was curious how it was going to go because, you know, Depp is like lined up ready to shoot him. And so I thought, yeah. like, okay, yeah, this is probably just how it's going to play out. So the one year like title card really threw me off. Really, really messed me up. Um, we find out that he is essentially in an animal habitat. His girlfriend and his old podcast co-host, they come visit him. They give him a mackerel uh, as a treat mm-hmm. and he scurries out of his little cave He's, you know, in a in a very small outdoor enclosure with a with a pool and kind of a, a little hut. Um and talk essentially we we find our way back to the theme of like it is okay to cry. Like humans cry. That is what distinguishes us from animals, right? We feel yeah. that heightened level of emotion and he does enlist a tear that drops down his face. I have a very important question for you here. This moment when he cries. Does the movie work better if he does not cry? Because he has committed to being a walrus. This is the life that he has chosen. And obviously we're one year later. He's been a walrus for a fucking year. Yeah. And that is how he associates his life. And the entire time I'm watching, I'm like, he doesn't cry. This is genius. He is not going to cry because he is a walrus. And then we see a tear and I'm like, whoa, I don't know how that makes me feel. I liked it. I thought just because it brings up the inner turmoil even more, you know, with his character of just like, I mean, they yell his name, I think like three or four times till he finally acknowledges it, which made me think like, maybe this is the first time they've seen him since it all happened. Like I'm, I'm Uh curious how often they visit. I have no idea. Presumably they still live in LA. So they came up to visit. They don't live in Manitoba, but I don't know. I mean, it's never really like, you know, clarified or anything, but it seems like it took him a while to answer to that. Then like maybe realizing what he used to be or something along those lines. So I, I liked, you know, the idea of him having a brief moment of clarity of like, Oh shit, like I'm, I was a human or whatever. And then just like, then we're done. You know, I was like, Oh, he's got to go live with that for a while until he forgets again. Yeah. Oh, it was brutal. I, I don't know. I just feel like to me, like he had chosen that life and, and I guess I would have liked to see him really co- commit to that. Right. And like lose that, human nature yeah. of him that would have been like the full send for me where i was like oh shit he's a walrus like that that's how we have ended he has committed to that i do understand both sides of the coin i, th- I think both of them work for me i just don't know if i prefer one or the other um but you know that that's where we are the last thing i wanted to mention we get a post credit scene um and kind of a, a, a during the credits like speech so at the very end of the credits kevin smith is talking on his podcast about creating this movie and the third act and he's laughing hysterically about how two guys are going to fight and they're both going to be in walrus suits and it is like the funniest thing and I-, I thought that was great I thought that was a really wonderful little bit to put in here 
And then we get a true post-credit scene with Johnny Depp's character where he is kind of down by the, the lake or whatever it may be. And he's like, oh, you know, just had to have the second slider. I just had to have the second slider. And then it cut. Um, I thought they were both pretty That's, you know, that's all. <laughs> I, I didn't see either of those. Um, I Oh, okay. Did you watch this on HBO Max or where did you watch this? Uh, so I watched it on Vudu. I watched it on your... Oh, no. I did watch it on HBO Max. Um, but the reason that I saw this is because... As soon as the credits started to roll, I let them roll while I was tweeting out like how I was doing mentally. Gotcha. And I let them roll long enough where I was like, hold on, is that Kevin Smith's voice talking in this movie? And then I just so happened to stumble upon it. That makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, the HBO Max, a lot of these streamers now, like once the credits roll, they, they pop up like suggested movies. Yeah. And I pretty quickly just kind of like backed out of it. So I'm like, well, you know, like Disney Plus is good about leaving the credits up if there's going to be something and then they'll go small, like, you know, if there's no post-credit scene. And I was just applying the same thing, like, all right, I mean, I don't know why there'd be a post-credit scene for Tusk. So I totally <laughs> miss it. I mean, they both sound great. I wonder if that was audio from the podcast then where he was kind of talking about making the movie, which yeah. is kind of cool. I think it is. I think it is. Um, so, yeah, you know, a little Easter egg in there. Um, my personal true cinema moment, I... I think for me is the God. I think it's the oh Jesus. I really don't know, dude. I'm having a <laughs> tough time. This movie is so fucked up. Where I'm like, is this scene worse than the other scenes? Is this is this scene better? Um, I really do like kind of the the reveal of him missing his left leg, and and I think that that might come second to like the reveal of the suit. But I feel like that's kind of like the given. I like the reveal of him missing his leg because he is kind of like in this weird state and presence where he doesn't really know what's happening. And we get to see like Howard Howe's true state of like how messed up he is. I think this is like really the first and the, the biggest glimpse that we get into his own personal psyche yeah. of how he gets so much enjoyment out of this. Um, I think that scene is probably like the, the most fucked up and least weird, if that makes sense. Like them swimming together and like him forcing him to fight in a walrus suit like that is the most fucked up and the weirdest mm -hmm. but i think this scene is like the most straightforward and most disturbing yeah um but yeah i can totally see that um mine it's not on here but i really enjoyed the uh, no fucking surprise then <laughs> it's that that scene of the dinner table that super long dinner table because oh, i think great call. that's when we see just how weird how is because you know he's like talking about the spider and just like what did it look like he's like oh it was, you know, an itsy bitsy spider. And he starts singing, oh you know, and it's God, like, oh yeah. man, like this guy's totally lost it. Justin <laughs> Long is yelling, trying to get people's attention. And we haven't seen him get up from the wheelchair the whole time, but all of a sudden he just like stands up and walks over. It's like, okay, like we all kind of had our suspicions that he didn't need the wheelchair, but now it's confirmed that he can walk down this 20 foot long table, smack Justin Long and start yelling with him just to prove to him, like no one can hear us. Like, yell all you want but there's nobody here and then just goes back and sits down and just like the scene starts out like you're not even eating <laughs> and it pans over to justin long he's like i can't move my arms <laughs> he's know? like i'm like, immobilized yeah it's just like funny like it still kind of plays the humor up even though you know we're still like in yeah. a, a real horror moment here but that, that was my favorite because like we just saw how weird how is the fact that he's lying about being able to walk so obviously he can handle all this kind of stuff and just what Justin Long is, is going through right now in this moment. So I, I love that scene. And Howard starts laughing. 
Like yeah. when he when Justin Long screams, he like starts laughing, and it is it is incredibly disturbing and off putting. Um, it. that uh, it's a great call, man. It's a great call. All right, are you ready to get into some A one acts? I have three A one acts here. They're they're all rather short, but I I thought they were all justified. Um, number one is Justin Long. I feel like Justin Long is coming back. I feel like we've got Brendan Fraser about ready to make his grand resurgence, mm. and I feel like a few notches down we've got Justin Long that's just like kind of making his way back in some really good shit and and it's really fun to watch and really enjoyable um barbarian i mentioned uh ben i, I need you to see barbarian because i need you to see justin's long just long <laughs> character in this um dodgeball of course the true underdog story live free or die hard jeepers creepers galaxy quest accepted yoga hosers and i steve those are the things that i put up here he's also going to be leading the new goosebumps um oh, yeah. show that is coming out so that's exciting what do you got? What's your Justin Long pick? Uh, I mean, shout out also Yoga Hosers. Like, it's, it's based on the two like yeah girls in this movie, you know, from the the Cookie Mar type store. Um, I think I'm gonna go actually with Accepted. Uh, I love oh. Galaxy Quest. I love Dodgeball. Um, those are arguably like better movies, but he's like I think the real lead in Accepted. That, I think that was my first real experience with him. Um, also one of my first like Jonah Hill experiences. Um, nice. so yeah. I, I got to go with that one. That's the movie I think of when I think of Justin Long. So that's, that's what I'm going to take. Nice. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with you. I'm not going to pick the same thing, but when I think of Justin Long, I think of jo- Dodgeball. I, I watched that movie so consistently when I was a child, it's, it's almost frightening. Like I, I have not seen that movie in several, several years. I know the entire thing. I literally just know the whole movie. Nice. And he was just the the dopiest loser in that movie. <laughs> and when he's trying out for cheer and and he gets essentially squashed, um, that is that is funny stuff. That's really classic early arts comedy right there. Yeah, that's, it really, uh, it really <laughs> really is really good stuff. <laughs> um, real quick, you mentioned yoga hosers. I did want to put I did want to throw in in this podcast that there is talk of Tusk too. Okay. Did you know this? Have you seen this? And and I wanted to let our listeners know as well if they're not clued in. Um, apparently, it's going to be called Tusks with an S. Oh. Um, classic. Great. Yeah. Really good sequel name, uh, obviously. One line here from uh, from Kevin. He says, early on, I was always like, well, eventually they'll take him out of that walrus skin and try to rehabilitate him. And just like Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight returns, I, I believe he means rises, He'll only ever see himself one way. Then he becomes the Howard Howe character. Justin Long becomes the crazy guy who's trying to turn people into something else. Half human, half whatever. Last time it was walrus. This time, dot, 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 you'll see. That is the long line that Kevin Smith gave for this in an interview. Apparently, it's due out in 2024 to celebrate the 20-year anniversary of Tusk. Okay. Are you on board, Ben? Are we going to go watch this and then do a live podcast immediately after Tusks? Yeah, with special guest Kevin Smith. Like, let's let's oh, put it let's out there in the universe. I, I think that would be awesome. Um, yeah, and I think you. Know, I think you might be talking about the actual comic book uh, Dark Knight Returns, which is an awesome oh, read from you. Frank Miller. Uh, it does though. It, that's basically what Dark Knight Rises was based off of. Like Batman's been retired for a while and kind of comes out. Um, he's an older dude, but uh, yeah. Both of those are like super valid. I'm I'd be stoked to see Tusks for sure. I'd be super excited. Yeah, if we can uh if we can get Kevin on the show. Um, I did tweet at him. Unfortunately, he didn't respond to my tweet, but he did like the reply to my tweet by Bethan, a fellow fellow podcaster, nice. friend of the show. So she got the love. I don't know. We'll keep trying. Yeah. We'll try to get Kevin Smith <laughs> on the pod. 
Um, I would be curious to see if A24 does pick up Tusk. I would be very fascinated yeah. to see what, what production studio ends up picking that up. Um, leading into Kevin Smith. He's our next thing one act. We've got clerks chasing Amy, Dogma, Mall Rats, Yoga Hosers, Zach and Marie make a porno. And uh, I put the Comic Book Men TV show on here. I grew up watching that show. Did you ever see that show? Um, no, I don't think I saw that. The comic It's a banger. Is it? It's 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 great. It's Kevin Smith and like three of his buddies. Um and and one of them is like semi famous and and um I don't really know where the other guys are at now, but they essentially just run a comic book shop and people come in and like it's very much like uh like Pawn Stars, right? Okay. Where like people come in and try to sell stuff, they just try to sell comic books. And I watched that all the time as a kid, and I think that that was like my first ever introduction, A, to Kevin Smith, and B, to like the world of comics and like superheroes and like the history that comes with these books and how much people are attached to them. Um, great show. I, I think you got to like buy it on YouTube or something. Okay. I don't think you can stream it anywhere, but I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, oh, I think that's a, a great yeah. recommendation. Um, man, there's uh, good options in here. I mean, Zach and Mary is good because that's where we met Seth Rogen and actually smoked yep. weed for the first time. He did not smoke before then, which is great because uh, he's no he smokes all the time now. Like he almost oh, yeah. talks about it more than <laughs> Seth Rogen does. Um, I do want to shout out Dogma that like might be one of my favorite of his. Um, but the movie I'm going to go with is Mallrats. Uh, I I really enjoy that movie quite a bit. Um, and as you know, someone who had a Marvel pod for a while, we get the uh, uh, Stan Lee one of his first cameos ever yep. is in Mallrats, which is awesome. Um, but just a great cast, you know, with Jason Lee and obviously Ben Affleck, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Mallrats. But I will say for anyone that's listening, if you like a really good storyteller, find on YouTube the clips. There's two stories that Kevin Smith tells, and they are so good. Uh, the first one is about the Superman movie that he was hired to write, um, which was going to be the one with uh, Nicolas Cage. and uh, directed by tim burton i believe and it is just an amazing amazing story that i'm not going to ruin for you and the other one is he was hired technically by prince to make a documentary and it is such a crazy story so go find those on youtube they're worth the watch he's a fantastic storyteller oh sick i'm totally gonna i'm totally gonna do that and go find those that sounds fantastic um i'm going with comic book man the tv show um next one and last a1 act Animal-based horror movies. Obviously, this one revolves around a walrus, um, and and we all are walruses at heart. That's gonna be like my go-to now. When 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 I don't know what to say or to like to break the silence up, that'll just be my go-to question. Like, hey, do you think you're a walrus at heart? And like, that'll be my subtle way of being like, hey, this is a reference to a really fucked up movie, but maybe you just think it's a real question that I'm asking you. Um, okay, I've got a short list here: Arachnophobia, The Fly, Deep Sea Blue, The Meg, Crawl. Anaconda, The Birds, Jaws, and Cujo. Um, these were all on the short list, the easy to find ones. What do you got? What do you got that's not on the list, Ben? Well, I, I'm going to pick something on the list, but not on the list Whoa. that deserves a shout out, I believe, is uh, Snakes on a Plane. Uh, that is oh, such a weird call. movie. Great that call. is such a weird movie. Uh, I am obviously, I'm going to be picking Jaws. Uh, it's just one of my favorite movies of all time. But I will say that I almost feel like I need to pick arachnophobia because I am so scared of spiders that I've never watched that movie because I'm never? just like, oh, no, there's no way oh, I'm going to watch it's that. frightening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. And that's why, like, maybe that's what deserves to be picked because I won't watch that movie. Uh, but I am going to go with Jaws out of the stuff I have seen. I watched arachnophobia when I was a kid, and I will tell you, I have not seen it as an adult. 
because I was probably too scared Sounds like as a, a kid. I, I, I do distinctly remember there was a scene where there was like a spider in somebody's shoe. And this is like before the spiders take over. This is like before the movie actually really begins. There's a spider in somebody's shoe. And I just remember as a kid being like, don't step in the shoe. <laughs> and he st- and they step in the shoe and, and they're, they're dead and they're goners. And I'm just like, that's it. Spiders are no bueno. So, <laughs> you know, speaking of spiders, brown recluse for this movie. Um, yeah, arachnophobia is a good pick. I think Anaconda deserves a shout too. I think that movie, uh, from what I remember, is pretty intense. But I think really anything with with snakes is is pretty wild. But I will go with Arachnophobia nice. because we are getting a, a remake of it pretty soon, I believe. And in the original, Jeff Daniels stars in that movie, and I'm I'm very pro Jeff. Daniels. Yeah, without so a doubt. I love to see that. Um, okay, let's give our A twenty four rankings. We're going the letter grade style. We've got A through F twenty four here. Last week we did St. Maud. We gave it different scores. I, b- I believe I gave it a C24, and I believe you gave it a D24. Is that correct? Do I remember that, that right? You do remember correctly. Yeah, Woo, that is correct. Look at me go. Uh, okay. What are we feeling for Tusk? I feel like this, let's get to brass tech. This is what it all boils down to. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still kind of hung up. I'm doing my <laughs> best just to stick to the, the, the letter. Um, but I think... And this is really hovering between a B minus and a C plus for me. Uh, it was, nice. it was honestly, I was riding the A24 until Depp came in. And then it just like, I, I didn't dig the tonal shift as much as I maybe wanted to. Um, so I think right now I'll, I'll probably go with a B24 cause it was just like the right kind of weird for me. Um, so I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but it'd probably be closer to like a B minus, you know, 24. Yeah, yeah, I think you're totally right. And I, I think maybe the Johnny Depp character worked okay for me because I was in a really open mind space, yeah. like a mindset. Like, I was like, oh, wow, we're shifting. Okay, I'm game. And, like, there are certain nights where I'd be like, this is not good. Like, I, I do not want this shift. Um, So I think that's worth noting. I think the two things that I'm trying to decipher with this movie, number one, how is it as a movie? Like, how do I just rate this as a movie? I gave it I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd, and I was like, look, this is either the smartest movie ever made or the dumbest movie ever made. I can't decide, and I can't figure it out. Really middle of the road. But if you look at it in terms of, like, the A24 library, we talk all the time on here about, like, what is A24? I I think my answer has changed. I think if someone's like, yo, what's a crazy A24 movie? This is what you have to say. I don't know if there's a crazier A24 movie than this. Nice. I, I, I just yeah. don't know. I so I so I don't really know what to give it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a B plus. I'm going to go with a B plus twenty four. I don't think it's. I don't think I'm quite at the A minus level yet. And I do think that is strictly because of Johnny Depp's character. I think that tonal shift is tough. But I I think there's a lot of smart things in this movie, and it does it quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is is just purely disturbing. I just don't, I don't really know how else to put it. And, and I think it mostly works. Um, so I, I, I think it mostly working combined with like the swings that it takes combined with everything that we see that is so obtuse and ridiculous, but we buy into, I think I'm, I think I'm going with the B plus. I think that's a, a great choice. Um, I, I do want to shout out Haley Joel Osment. I think he does great in this, um, as does yes. Michael Parks, who people have probably seen a lot of Tarantino projects. Um, some, some great performances all the way around. Um, and then I believe it's Genesis Rodriguez, I believe, uh, plays the girlfriend. So she also does a wonderful job. Final question. Yeah. Could, and this is a point of talking in the movie, 
could Justin Long pull somebody that hot ever? Or is this a, an unbelievable relationship? Uh, this is like maybe they knew each other in middle school and, you know, Nailed it. that's yeah. it. But the, I don't think this is like <laughs> not. No, I don't think that's how this happens <laughs> for sure. Fair, you know? fair. But, yeah. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, guys are, I think. Kevin Smith maybe saw himself as this character and was like, yeah, I'd want to be with someone I'd like that. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like John Favreau and Chef. It's like, I could be married to Sylvia Vergara <laughs> and then date Scarlett Johansson. Like, sure you could. You got it, John Favreau. <laughs> you, you bet, guy. <laughs> whatever you, bet. you say. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, we're both obviously pretty positive on this. I still want to see the all horror version of it, but I love what we yeah. got. Um, I think Kevin Smith just has such a unique storytelling style. Um, and I, I, pretty much always love what I, when I get to see whatever he does. So um, yeah, I want to hear what other people have to say about this movie. Uh, it is quite a trip. Uh, I don't know that it falls into the best a 24 horrors of all time, but I think next week we're going to be talking about something that probably goes on the Rushmore mountain uh, yeah. for a 24 horror movies. And I've never seen it and I'm very excited. So come back next week for that and let us know what you thought of Tusk. You can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at 24 minutes of 824. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. <laughs>